Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa presents the very popular wraparound show. We are going to start wrapping around with uh, KMCD, Fairfield, Iowa's finest sportscaster, Nathan Piercy. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, you're going to give us uh, three games, uh, and I think they're good ones. Um, so uh, tell us about uh, uh, let's tell us about the three games you're going to cover. Or you're- yeah, so obviously uh, play, on the play-by-play side, uh, the Fairfield side of things, which means um, I'll be covering the Fairfield Trojans boys taking on uh, Mount Pleasant in a Southeastern Conference matchup with the with uh, you know, as we've talked pretty much all year long, and the fact that that conference is going to be a battle each and every night. Also, I've got the Van, uh, talk a little bit about the Van Buren County Warriors taking on Burlington Notre Dame. Uh, two teams that are maybe a little bit opposite sides of the spectrum, but uh, some good athletes involved in each side. And then a, a rematch from about a month ago that produced a good matchup in Cardinal and Centerville. And, uh, yeah, we'll get into that one as well. All right, well, where we, what do you want to start out with? Where are we going? What city? Well, let's start with uh, Van Buren County. They are hosting the Burlington Notre Dame. Uh, okay, I've got a question for you because I haven't gotten this right. I don't, I'm not sure about this since I've gotten down here. Burlington Notre Dame, are they the Knights or the Nikes? I think they're the Nikes. Okay, well, or, let's take I think the Knights is, a, is a, like a nickname that people give them. Right. A lot of people call them the Nikes, you know, but I think they're the yeah. Nikes. But uh, well, uh, uh, we covered them in the baseball tournament that they won. They're they're about a fun bunch of uh, people, a great school, and we got a lot of listeners down there. Yeah, well, uh, they've got a good basketball team this year. They're nine and four so far. Uh, they're heading down to Kiyosaka to take on the Van Perrin County Warriors again. Another uh, matchup in that uh, Southeast Iowa Super Conference, which is another good conference. Uh, these two teams, maybe a little bit sides of the spectrum, Van Perrin County. Uh, not having their best years, they're three and six so far. They, they do have a really good athlete in Jackson Manning, who's averaging just over 19 points a game, shooting almost 50 percent and, and uh, over 35 percent from beyond the arc. Uh, but it, uh, it looks like it, it's going to be a tough night for them as they're going to have to deal with a lot from Burlington Notre Dame, uh, who's led, of course, by Carson Jones, who averages 14 points and nine boards each and every day. Uh, uh, averages that per game. Uh, the last time these two teams met were a little bit over a month ago on uh, December 2nd. Burlington Notre Dame won that one uh, pretty handily, 75-42. to it, it should be an interesting matchup. Of course, uh, Van Buren County always has a good crowd down there. Um, but uh, looking at it, I got, I got to go. Burlington Notre Dame is probably going to pull this one out. Well, uh, Burlington Notre Dame made a little uh... – Southeastern Conference noise uh, Monday night by beating the Washington Demons. How about that? Yeah, that was a that was a good one. You know, Washington probably riding high off of their win over Fairfield last week, and uh, definitely, you know, we've talked about Washington, and you know, they've won the Southeastern Conference over the last few years and have some great athletes. But uh, that's why you play the game, though, right? You can't just. Uh, go in expecting to win, and and uh, Burlington Notre Dame played a great game against Washington, and B and D came out on top. Well, uh, if you need a good game, it sounds like Kiyosakwa, Iowa has one. Uh, is Eldon the home game, or are we going to Centerville for this next one? Uh, they're also hosting there. The Cardinal Comets are hosting uh, Centerville. 
Uh, these two teams, again, not having the best year. Neither one of them are. Cardinal is 2-8. and eight. Centerville, the, the Big Reds there, is 1-10. Is, uh, they have played each other. Again, that was about a month ago on December 6th. And uh, Cardinal actually got the win in that one. That was one of their two wins as they won that one 57-46. Um, you know, Cardinal looking to hopefully bounce back. Their last game was a blowout loss to Clark. And, and, and I think that's just kind of what the Cardinal is dealing with. You know, this, this Cardinal Comets team is dealing with this shift over to the South Central Conference. First time they're in this one. And, uh, you know, talking, talking with uh, both their boys and girls coaches, part of doing that, that shift means you're going to get a, a much more balanced attack from these teams and a much more difficult opponent each night. Um, so, with that, obviously, the Cardinal hopes to, to repeat, and Centerville's going to be coming out looking to get revenge after they won in Centerville. Uh, the Comets won in Centerville, again, about a month ago. Well, uh, I guess uh, Pekin also hosting uh, Winfield Mount Union. Pekin riding high off three wins in a row. Uh, another tough challenge, but uh, gosh, a great game in Packwood, a great game in Eldon, a great game in Van Buren. Uh, I suppose you're going to tell me about a, a great game Fairfield's playing. Yeah, another one. And yeah, Fairfield goes on the road to Mount Pleasant. These two teams, um, honestly, very similar teams, I, I think. Um, the Trojans have two guys that are averaging double digits in points. And the Fairfield has Max Wheaton and J.J. Lane uh, averaging over double figures. Meanwhile, Mount Pleasant, Peyton Hagen's leading the way and Aiden Ashton right behind him. Uh, both teams shooting right around the 43% mark from the field. Uh, the Trojans, I think one thing that they're going to have to really focus on, and they've probably focused on throughout practice since that Washington game, is, is their uh, three-point shooting. You look at their game when they were at Washington that we talked about earlier, and Fairfield was one for 20 from beyond the arc, and that one that they made came in uh, less than a minute in the fourth quarter. So, uh I don't want to say they're completely lived by the three, die by the three, but when you look at that game against Washington and you see Max Wheaton put up 30 points and they still lost the game pretty handedly, you know, 62-49 was the final. You've got some concern there, especially from the from everyone else there on the team. So they're going to have to find a way to do kind of like they what they did against Keokuk and Centerville and spread out that scoring. Don't rely just on Max Wheaton to get everything done. you got to find other ways to get the scoring. And when you and when they do that, they are a good team. Well, I am contractually obligated to uh, mention, whenever you mention the Mount Pleasant Panthers, to talk about uh, Pilot Grove Savings Bank there in Mount Pleasant, brand new sponsor to Round Guy Radio, helping the podcast cover uh, the Mount Pleasant Panthers. Well, the Mount Pleasant Panthers are on a roll, my friend. Uh, they are. Uh, uh, other than a last-second loss to Burlington in Burlington, uh, Seem to be on a hot streak. Uh, what's going on down there, and uh, why is uh, why is uh, everybody talking about the Mount Pleasant Panthers? Yeah, they've really uh, upped their game. You know, especially last year when they finished uh, middle of the pack when it came to this uh, conference. Now they're sitting up near the top. You know, you look at this conference, Southeastern Conference. Uh, Mount Pleasant and Washington are tied at four and one in the conference. Uh, Mount Pleasant is eight and three. 
Burlington sits at 3-1 in the conference and 9-3, followed by Fairfield, Fort Madison, and Keokuk. And Mount Pleasant, honestly, is shooting the ball a lot better. They're 42.4% from the field, 31% from beyond the arc, 66% from the free throw line. And when you do that, along with a few guys that are – a couple guys that are averaging double digits in points per game, that uh, obviously helps. And and when you combine that with just a, a better defensive play, they've they've gotten they've gotten a lot better. And it's some of that experience. You know, you talk about a lot of these guys on this team are now seniors. They they've also got some some juniors and sophomores that have come in and played that that role player position very well. And and they're starting to gel. This is this is Fairfield's first time getting a look at Mount Pleasant this year. And I think uh, that if the if the Trojans can think on what they've you know what they've seen in the past, then they may be in a, for a little bit of a rush, rough time here early on in the game. Well, uh, what does the Fairfield Trojans do to give the Mount Pleasant Panthers a Max Wheaton maximum beating? Are you there? Yeah. What What do the Fairfield Trojans have to do to give uh, uh, the Mount Pleasant Panthers? A Max Wheaton maximum beaten. <laughs> well, I, I I think it's it's kind of to go away from that, and that is not not have to rely on one guy that entire way. Look, we know what Max Wheaton can do. He's averaging a double double each and every game with twenty points and thirteen rebounds. You know what you're going to get out of Max. You need to find that supplemental scoring from guys like J.J. Lane, who was in foul trouble during that Washington game. A guy like Tate Allen, who, when he gets hot, can score really well. But if he's not having it, um, you got to find other ways to do it. Maybe find Max's brother, Sam. Sam Wheaton has kind of picked his play up a little bit. You've seen some of the other guys like Riley Perkins and Cooper Plotsky come off the bench and get things done. So it's not... It, it's it's getting to Max when when you need to, but also finding ways to do it without him. Because if he's the only if he's the only person scoring that night, whether it's uh, from just layups or free throws like we saw from Washington, if he's the only one doing it, you're going to have some struggles. So get get the ball to Max Wheaton early. Get get him involved in the game early. That's going to force the other team to collapse in on him, and that's going to open up the perimeter. But again, it goes back to you have to make those shots. Again, Fairfield only one for twenty from beyond the arc against Washington. If you're going to have a that dominant of a post player inside, then you're going to have to be able to shoot it from outside as well because that stretches out the defense and, and makes your offense not one dimensional. Yeah, it's a. Uh tragic to watch all those threes get shot and missed ain't it it really is and I, and and something too with it is when you know like i mentioned the defense is collapsing down in on max well that's going to put more bodies around him and tougher for him to grab rebounds and so if you're going to be missing those shots more likely than not you're not going to have the bodies inside to help grab those rebounds so it's a one and done if you are going to be missing those shots, you have to get those rebounds and either get putbacks, get them back out and reset your offense or something. Um, again, it can't just go solely on the shoulders of Max Wheaton uh, because when we saw that against Washington, it's a great game for him. You know, he had 30 points, 17 rebounds in that game against Washington. Unfortunately, no one else was there to help him. Well, I, I, you guys got a lot down for J.J. Lane could go. He just – Need somebody else to get hot along with Max, and I think you'll 
look, man, uh, you still got all the talent. And you still got, you know, you got a really good fighting chance. But this is going to be uh, a great game down in Mount Pleasant. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, what you've been laid out for us. Is there anything else you want to tell us before we let you go and start wrapping around somewhere else? Well, uh, if you want to follow this Fairfield game and you can't get out there, of course, we'll have it on our radio station, uh, 95.9 Classic 96 here in Fairfield and the surrounding areas. If you're a little bit farther away or at home, not around a radio, and you still want to listen, uh, we stream it as well at exploreseiowa.com. There's a listen tab. You just click on that, and we'll uh, be streaming it for you. Uh, I'll have pregame around, right around 7.15 and then tip off right around 7.30 and Again, we you and I have talked about it all season long. If it's a Southeastern Conference matchup, it is going to be a great game, and it's going to be a great listen as well. Yeah, well, uh, we have been talking to the voice of the Fairfield Trojan, KMCD's own Nathan Piercy. Thanks, Nathan, for being with us. Hey, thank you. We are wrapping around to Minneapolis, Iowa, with Bulldogs coach Worrell. Uh, how... Uh, you, I want to congratulate you on a little, uh, at least a two-game winning streak here. Uh, how many games uh, uh, you're really off to a hot start with a big uh, win over uh, uh, the Winfield Mount Union Wolves and uh, Central Lee uh, Hawks? Uh, 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 how's it? Uh, how uh, hot uh, Monday and Tuesday for you? Uh, well, we we've actually packaged three wins in a row right now. So we had Van Buren Friday, and then we had, like you said, Winfield on Monday and, and Central Lee. So Winfield was a – both teams kind of got out to a hot start that first quarter and were hitting shots, and, and they led 17-14. And then at half, they were up 26-20. And uh, we came back in the second half, and, and we had a good defensive third quarter, and we held them to two. And uh, – hit some big shots and we, we built up a lead. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, we, we held them off and ended up winning by 10. It's a big win for us because they're a good basketball team. We're a very uh, good basketball team. Uh, yeah. And a high, yeah. high rated team and, uh, you know, one of the best in the area. Uh, and uh, that was a big win for your uh, uh, team. Uh, and I got to give you some props for Van Buren because uh, they're no slouch either. And, uh, also, you got by Central Lee. Uh, well, uh, tell me about some of the high performers in the last three games that really helped you get over the top. Oh, well, it's kind of been a – I'll say, like, <sighs> Friday night, you know, we got some big plays out of out of uh, Jackson Hutchison. Uh, got some great rebounds. He had 11 rebounds for a guard. You know, he's not – He's not the biggest jumper in the world. He's not the big, but he's just in position. He's tough. He's hard nosed, and and uh, he got eleven rebounds and had a couple steals and a nice pass and a nice layup and just just kind of made some plays. Other than him, we had some other guys stepping up, but he he kind of just flashed at the end of the game where he made some things step up for us. Um, Monday night, I'll tell you, it was a it was a total team effort, but I'll tell you, there were some guys who really stood out. Was uh, we got a solid performance from Cole Lipper, you know, our inside player, senior three-year starter. Um, and then I'll tell you, Camden Stotler was uh, was big for us on both ends of the court. He um, he's an undersized four, and he was able to to provide our defense against uh, Buffington 
and and did a good job of keeping him off the boards and and uh he got a lot of help from our team i mean our team was playing great help defense and swarming the ball and and uh they did a night we just did a nice job i mean uh we got he cam also had a pretty big game offensively he had 12 points he had two big threes that kind of helped us and uh just you know it was our team effort it was a really when you look at it, our team was swarming on defense, and that was big against them. Well, I was talking to Scotty Melvin. He was previewing your game, and I asked him what would uh, Minneapolis have to do to get on top. And the first thing he said was, uh, "It all a lot of it depends on Cole Leppard. He says uh, he's the he's the key uh, to you guys. Uh, well, not neutralizing Cam Buffington, but to slow him down a little bit, and." Uh, uh, and then when I asked him about it uh, this morning, he said uh, a lot of the his game plans and things that uh, he thought really needed to happen happened. And yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's pretty insightful, isn't he? Yeah, it's yeah. We put uh, we actually put Cole on Edwards and uh, matched that way. So it was, you know what? It was. I'm telling you, it was a, it was really good defensively. We you know we've made a jump there a little bit strides. So if we can continue to build on that and then. Tuesday night, we got off to a good start shooting the ball. And, and uh, you know, this team has, has some different kids that can put the ball in the hoop. And we had, uh, let's see, uh, Ben Egan had uh, 18, I think, on, on Tuesday. And Lipper had 12 or 14. Max Griffin had 12 or 14. Uh, Jackson Hutchinson had 13. And then... Oh my gosh! Do we have another one in the double figures? I think we did. Let's see. Oh, well, Lance, Lance, Lance Luden's had twelve or ten. So we had five guys in double figures, and that you know, you're awful hard to guard if you get that. You know, so it was a it was another team effort where we got out and then defensively we tried to do some things a little different, and we looked good in the full court pressure, but uh, struggled in the half court game and but was able to create enough pressure where we got some good looks at the basket and made a little run and built a lead up early. We were up 19 to two. They came back a little bit. Um, we pushed it out again. Then the second half started, we pushed it out a little more, got it to a comfortable lead. So that was, uh, that was nice to be able to get up to that lead and get those guys a little rest and get them to play. But um, we ran the floor well on Tuesday night. So big game for us, big games for us here. Well, how much uh, do you think the crowd uh, sparked your team up? I bet the place was just electric. Our crowd has been – I'll say this. I, I put it on Twitter the other day. Um, our, our crowd's been great. I mean, even Monday night, both crowds, the Winfield and ours were – they were fantastic crowds. They were, uh, you know, what you like to see for high school basketball in the area. Um, good community support, both girls and boys, um, as far as, you know – coming back and our, our student section is really starting to rock a little bit and be involved in the game, both boys and girls games. It's, it's fun to watch. It's, 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 that's what you want in your district. That's what you want to see for your kids. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, after these three, three wins, uh, uh, you're hot, you're looking to stay hot. Uh, where, where are we going Friday night? Uh, where, where, where's the game and who are you playing? We got big challenge. We do. We, uh, we, we play Danville at Danville and Danville's got a nice team. They're well coached by the two brothers, two Soka brothers. Um, 
They're big. They're long. I mean, I think they got four guys, six, six and above on their team. Um, we don't have anybody over six, six, three, six, four, you know, we're not, uh, we're vertically challenged compared to them. So that'll be a, that'll be a, a little, little challenge for us, but we welcome it. We're going to see what we can do and come out and attack. They're, um, they're always well-prepared. They're a good defensive ball club. They rebound and they got some guys that can hit shots and that's going to be a, that's what we have to be able to take care of and, and handle and, and play in that space and take that stuff away from them and make them uncomfortable and try to get comfortable for ourselves. Well, oh, oh, where's the game at? It's at Danville. It's so at Danville. For, wow. How, yeah, tough we, is, we, how, how tough is that environment to play in? It's, it's tough. They got, you know, they like their basketball. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, Danville's a basketball town, ain't it? Yep, yep. And they went they, to the, they went to the state uh, tournament this last year, so – uh, did they There's, did they graduate much, or are they returning a lot, or what's going on with that? Uh, they return one starter, and then they return a couple other kids who played off the bench, but they don't return. They, I, they're just a. They have some. They have some good kids. They can play. They're. Well, you get you get down in Southeast Iowa. I think one A and two A basketball is pretty good. We've got some good teams down here, and it's awful competitive. You know, well, and. Uh, so that, that makes a challenge. Well, tell us a little bit about the Danville. We don't know too much about them uh, other than they win a lot. Uh, uh, that's about the extent of what I know. Uh, give our yeah. listeners a little preview of, of what Danville's going to do and what you're going to have to do to play with this team. Uh, well, uh, they got uh, they got this Gorley kid. Um, his, he's, he's talented. He's a good good ball player. He can uh, score both inside and outside. Um you got to make him be uncomfortable on, on offense and not give him some open looks. Um, but he's, he's strong. They've got a Nelson kid. Um, and he's a, he's a brother to the, the kid who played last year for us. And he's tall and lanky and, and boy, he, uh, first time we played him, he hit some big threes. So we're going to have to be able to, to make sure we don't let him have those open looks and make it tougher on him to, to score like he did against us. Um, defensively, they, it's, it's, you know, I'll tell you what, their point guard too. I can't, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to try to butcher it, but uh, he's good. He's a smart, heady player. Um, knows when to try to score, knows when to dish the ball. He's good at getting assist. Um, he's probably got about six a game um, and he's good defensively. So, them on the defense, with them being, you know, they start three guys six six and above. That's hard to score against. So we're gonna have to find ways to create those opportunities and and get ourselves going and, and create those open shots for us. And uh, that'll be a that'll be a key factor if we can if we can score and, and get some buckets early and, and create some tempo and create some pressure on them. Then that'll be a good thing. So that's our that's our. That's our big key is we, if we can create things with our defense, we can get things with our offense. So we want to be able to create that on that end. What, what time is it? Is the boy, girls, doubleheaders, JV, what do we got going here? It's um, just a girl boy doubleheader. They just, they just play the girl boy. So the girls will start at six and the boys will start about seven thirty. So. And how can yeah. we follow this game on the YouTube, on radio, um, streaming service? They, they actually don't stream their games on YouTube. 
I believe they stream their games on it's um, the NFHS.org site, which is a paid site. So, um, but you can still watch it there. You just have to get a membership okay. to that and uh, watch it on that. So, um, I'm pretty sure that's how they stream there. So I, I think they're one of the. There's you got all those other you know some streaming on that, some streaming on YouTube. Um, so I think there's on NFHS. All right. So, well, yep. uh, I got one more question for you. All right. Who would you say was the player of the game uh, uh, against uh, Winfield? Well, you're putting me on the spot. I'm going to give it to Cam Stotler. Cam Stotler. He just, uh, yeah, he uh, he was able to, to, to make some things happen and had just a big game and really coming out party for him. He yep. had 12 and several rebounds, and, and like I said, he guarded. He was the one who guarded Buffington. Well, he had uh, the tag. I, I promised Scotty Melvin when he previewed that game that I would break out a nickname for whoever was the player of that game. Oh, I'll give you it. You want his nickname? Tell me his nickname and do my job for me. That'd be great. Evil Redhead. He's Ginger. Evil Redhead? I love no, no, it. he's not evil redhead. He's a he's a little redhead. So or he's red. He's got red hair. So we call him Ginger. Ginger, huh? Ginger. Yep. All right. Well, that is a that's a great one. Uh, we'll we'll call him that from now on. Uh, All right. We wish you well. Good luck. Uh, good luck Friday night, Coach. All right. Thank you. Well, we are headed to Wapolo, Iowa, as we talk to Jeff Mills of Real Smart Videos. Jeff, what game are you going to uh, on Friday night? I'm sticking here in town for once. I'm going to go up here to Wapolo High School and watch them take on the unbeaten Waco Warriors. Well, uh, you should get some good video. We uh, Waco and Wayland played, or Waco and uh, New London played a whale of a game uh, Monday night. Uh, uh, what do you? What kind of? Uh, who do you think's going to give you some highlights in this game? Well. Uh, that honestly, I think anybody on the Waco side any night can give you a good highlight. But um, just looking at things here, I you know Waco's eleven and zero, still yet to lose a game. I know they had a real nail biter against New London Monday night. Uh, looking at their schedule, they got a game tonight as well against Hillcrest Academy, which is a pretty good team. And then turn around and have to come here to Wapolo tomorrow night. So they're a deep team. I'm sure the three games in five days ain't gonna affect them too much but um yeah they they come in Wapolo who is three and eight uh three and six in conference and um should be a pretty good game I mean you know Waco they got uh Hunter Hughes leading the way for them with 18.7 game uh, points a game um pretty much any guy on the team can score you know they got Colton Lecty Odie uh, uh I don't Good want to it's hard to name. pronounce <laughs> yeah Stephen Chuck, I believe, is Stephen how, Chuk, how I think, but you might be right. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Cody Graver down low. He's a big, tall kid. I've seen him dunking a few times. Uh, I'm pretty excited too because the first time I watched this uh, Waco team play, it was early in the season. The first couple games I got to see him play, and uh, Cody Graver didn't play that game. Simeon Reichenbach and Ty Egley were both uh, battling injuries uh left over from the state football championship game and they weren't in the lineup so it'll be interesting i've seen how good they were then without them guys so 
with them in the lineup, it's hard to believe that team could get much better than what I've seen. But, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a great game. Jackson Lance for Wapolo, that kid, is he's a talented kid. He, he'll put up some numbers, I'm sure. Um, Carson Bells are another one that can, can put, put some buckets in the board for him. So I'm just excited to watch a couple teams that I enjoy playing go after it. Well, Scotty Melvin likes this Lambs kid. Uh, what, what's, why, why is everybody so enamored with him? I don't know. He, he's just one of them bouncy, lanky kids, but he's got he's got a pure shot, too. He can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Seen him throw down a couple beautiful dunks. He's just he's a talented kid. Uh, it's just something about watching him. You think, you know, he, there's always one of them kids where you go, hey, he can he can play. Well, uh, Monday night, Simeon Reichenbach dunked one. Uh, and the, the gym about exploded. And I said to myself, if only Jeff Mills was here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got some buddies down there in Wayland. They sent me a video of that dunk on their YouTube or whatever it was. But he, he sent me a clip. And I said, well, hopefully he puts one down when, when I'm up there on Friday. So well, I was hoping you catch one uh, uh, tonight. Uh, you know, I know, yeah. I know uh, a Graver can dunk. Uh, um, Reichenbach surprised me. He can dunk. I don't know if anybody else on the team can dunk, but uh, it might be a dunk-alicious uh, video. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, uh, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Oh, hey, what time's that game start, and, and uh, uh, is there any uh, media that you know is going to be there besides you? Uh, I'm not sure of the media aspect. I, I'm uh, The girls start at 6, like normal, and then the, the boys will play afterwards. I know at halftime they're letting the third and fourth grade uh, youth youth boys uh, play a little scrimmage there, so that'll, that'll be entertaining. It'll be a fun game to, to go to. That's always fun. Well, uh, good luck and enjoy your Friday night. And give us a call uh, after the game. Uh, give us a report. I sure will. Thank you, man. Thank you. We are heading over to Kyoto, Iowa, as we talk to uh, Andy McGuire, voice of the Kyoto Eagles. Well, uh, where are the Eagles landing uh, Friday night? Uh, the Eagles are heading to Colfax Mingo Friday night, all the way up by Des Moines. And they've got a... Uh, They've got a, a, a game Saturday, too, right? Correct. Uh, they'll be playing at Hillcrest at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. Well, uh, what are we going to see out of these two two games? What's the matchup there? Uh, what do you think? Uh, Colfax Mingo is on the west side of the South Iowa Cedar League. Coming in on the bottom side of that uh, uh, the conference, 0-10 is Colfax Mingo. Um led by a, a bunch of underclassmen. There might be two seniors on the roster. Um, I really don't know a whole lot about the team. I was looking up some stats, and it looks like the sophomore, Harrison Roan, uh, averages about 13 points a game. So I'll be interested in seeing how he looks. Uh, looking through the rest, there was a lot of different kids that have uh, put minutes in. Uh, honestly, a lot of different starters. Usually at this point in the season, you see teams where they've kind of zeroed in on a starting five and then maybe have a rotation off the bench. Um, on this batch, it looked like there was a lot of kids that had had a chance to start some games and contribute, but uh, production really drops off from the sophomore that I just mentioned, and uh, points per game is relatively low across the board. So I think it's kind of a one-man wrecking crew up there, and I think Kyoto, um, with what they have, should be able to take care of business uh, pretty easily, but certainly don't want to look past it to Saturday to a really tough um, Hillcrest team at 6-4. and four. I think their record's a little bit misleading, 
They've played some really good teams. They've played Winfield Mount Union twice, uh, took them to double overtime. I played a really tough Louisa Muscatine team that uh, Hillcrest beat. And uh, I think maybe Waco is in there too. Dave, you would know more about that one than I do. <clears throat> but Yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, Waco's in their bracket, I think, there. Uh, that's a tough bracket that they're in with Winfield Mount Union and Waco and uh, a lot of the others. But uh, uh, they got Grant Bender. Have you seen him play before? I haven't seen him, but I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking for to, forward to seeing Seth Hours. You know, both of those guys are, I think, uh, Bender's averaging almost 18 a game. Hours at 14 and a half. That's a pretty good uh, duo right there. Well, what about, uh, what time are these games start? Colfax Bingo has a 7.30 tip. And like I say, Hillcrest on Saturdays at 2 in the afternoon, kind of one of those um, – on Saturday games. Is there a boys-girls matchup with those? Or? Yes, on both of them, I believe. Okay. All right, well, uh, we're just going to kind of skip through uh, some of the games that are, are left. you got the Sigourney. Uh, therefore, they play in Linville Sully? Uh, Friday night, Sigourney plays North Mahaska at oh, Sigourney. North Mahaska, yeah, that's going to be a tough matchup for them. Uh, boy, North Mahaska looks really good, don't they? They certainly do. We just had them last night. Lost a close one. You know, Kyoto had control of at least the first uh, half. Lost control of it in the second half a little bit there. And uh, North Mahaska really put them on them there at the end of the game. Braden Steele came out, played really aggressive, uh, got a lot of points down in the paint, and really uh, produced a good win for North Mahaska. Uh, heartbreaking loss for Kyoto, but the boys have to pick themselves up and go on. Anderson and Nash Smith are it's three big guys, you know, and, and they're hard to deal with. And I think uh, uh, for the first time ever, they kind of wore us down, you know, with the physical game and all that stuff. But uh, uh, we shoot a little bit better. We're going to win that game too on the other side of the coin. But uh, yeah, and I would I would throw in Dave on that. We uh, Kyoto was down a couple of guys, Aiden Anderson. You know, come up with a stomach bug uh, through the day, so we didn't have Aiden Anderson uh, that, that has started uh, pretty much every game for the Kyoto Eagles. Uh, Connor Strand, as I mentioned in the post-game show uh, last night, uh, still fighting an issue with a foot, and uh, just didn't have the depth that they normally have, and I think that took some of the wind out of the sails. But uh, you know, coming out, they looked really hot. Kyoto did, but uh, North Mascot was just too much in the end. Yeah, Connor's trying. He can help out Bubito and uh, uh, spot him a little bit too. You know, so you still have a big guy on and get him a little bit of minutes of rest. So hopefully he'll get back together. Uh, uh, there's no doubt you miss Aiden Anderson. Uh, he just brings a level of defense and energy, and uh, and he can score points too. So uh, uh, that was too bad. But everybody's uh, missing the flu, and it's uh, it's rough out there. Well. Uh, what about Sigourney? Uh, uh, I know they've got some injuries. They they might have as many as three starters uh, uh, either out or on the mend anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think Isaac is still healthy. Isaac Bruns is um, leading scorer for Sigourney. Um, I I think uh, if I if I remember, he'd listen to your um, call of the game. Kale Clarion got a start the other night. I'm assuming filling in for one of those uh, one of those injuries or illnesses. Um, you know, Carson Weber's healthy if uh, Isaac's healthy, and um, if Coltrane's back, if uh, Solon Yates can get in the game and put up some points. You know, Sigourney will give uh, North Mahaska a good contest. 
Uh, if North Mahaska plays the way that they did in the second half uh, last night at Kyoto, uh, Sigourney's going to have their hands full. Um, but, uh, you know, it'll be a good contest regardless. Well, Sigourney's looking to bounce back after a, a tough loss to BGM. Uh, uh, I think their depth kind of hurt them there. But hopefully they'll start getting a few of these guys back. Uh, broken finger here and a twisted ankle there. And uh, everybody goes through a little bit of that. Well, let's move on. Uh, I'll just go through some of these uh, uh, matchups that are left that we haven't talked about. Uh, the English Valley Bears and Linville Soleil Hawks are matching up. Uh, Lynn, that's going to be a tough full, uh, that's a tough assignment for English Valley, ain't it? Yeah, it's a tough assignment for anybody in Class 1A. Uh, Linville Sully really brings a nice balanced attack. Quarter down harder is the point guard that's been uh, dishing the ball around. Um, they've got a really nice big and uh, the Van Dyke kid that can score off glass pretty much at will. And then a lot of other, you know, role players that fit in really nice. Linville Sully is a solid team, and I expect them to go pretty deep in the postseason. Well, uh, we have the Washington Demons, a team I know you're a little familiar with. They're uh, playing the Kyoto, uh, the Keokuk Chiefs. Uh, Washington coming off a tough loss to uh, uh, Burlington Notre Dame uh, the other night. Uh, uh, they seem to win one and lose one, and win one and lose one. Uh, I guess it's their turn to win one. It seems to be the flavor of that Southeastern Conference this year whether it's Washington getting the win or Fairfield or Mount Pleasant or, or the loss on the opposite side of it, you know, that thing is really um, pretty interesting to watch, seeing who's going to come on top, come out on top of that deal. Uh, without a question, you know, Keokuk is uh, in a down year this year when you look at that conference top to bottom. I don't think Washington has much problem with Keokuk. If they come out and play their game, um, your moniker on Ethan Pitter Patterson, yeah. if he has a big game, that'll be a good one. Um, the, the six triplets, if they can uh, do what they can do out there, I don't think that they'll struggle whatsoever with Keokuk. But, again, that's why we play the games. Yeah, Keokuk's young. Uh, they got some good players. They got some real good players. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're they're like all these other North Mahaskas and, and Mediapolises and Peking Panthers that are moving into second uh, half mode and, and trying to take some step-ups and uh, – Washington better uh, – hopefully they'll win this one and get this ship back straightened out again. Here's another uh, matchup uh, you might know a little bit about. Uh, uh, this is actually a pretty good matchup. Uh, one of these teams needs a win. Uh, Lone Tree Lions at the Highland Huskies. The Huskies have been – have taken a beating this week so far. They certainly have. I was um, looking at some of the scores the Highlands been up against. I was checking out Hillcrest Academy. And uh, they've played Highland, I think, twice now. And uh, that's really rough go for Highland. Um, you know, Lone Tree has some components. I think that they're kind of in that same mode, a younger team. Um, they do have a point guard that can distribute. I think they've got at least one big that can make some, some hay in the paint. Um, I really, if I were a betting man, um, I'd probably put some money on Lone Tree. Um, but, you know, again, you never know. Well, either team that wins is going to uh, try to get their season back on track, you know, because uh, that's a pretty good game. I'm trying to check and see who Burlington plays. They got a win over uh, Tumwa the other night that I saw, and I didn't get a chance to report it. But uh, looks like uh, Friday night they play Fort Madison. Uh, that ought to be a pretty good matchup. 
Fort Madison's five and four. Burlington's 11 and three. They had a couple of uh, uh, tough losses there to start the season, but again, they had a pretty, pretty big win against the Tumwa. I don't know if you know anything about uh, that matchup, but uh, that. Um, I watched the Burlington Washington game uh, online and uh, I kind of know, or did you say Fort Madison? Yeah, they're playing Fort Madison. Yeah, excuse me, uh, Fort Madison. I, I, I watched the Fort Madison-Washington game uh, online, and uh, I, I saw the Fort Madison kids in a fall league, and uh, I, I think that that team maybe is better even than five and four. Um, I, I, I think that uh, they've got some components there that are pretty dangerous. I can't speak to a ton other than I was amazed the other uh, day when I heard that they'd only played five games so far. And at that point, I think Kyoto had played maybe 10. 11. Uh, so, yeah, or 11. Yeah, you're right. So now, you know, if we're at six or seven games, I think four Madison's probably in that same range, eight to 10 games. Um, just that game experience may may play, may bode well. But again, uh, four Madison's going to be playing up a constant 4A, a Tumwa. So anytime you get that, um, you know, disparity between classes, sometimes that can be uh, problematic for the smaller school. But, you know, I think Fort Mass will be up to the challenge because um, they've got some good athletes and a good coach. Well, I don't think that five and four record's all that bad considering they graduated the top seven scores from last year. Yeah, it's true. And also you have to take into consideration there in the Southeastern Conference where you're battling with the Mount Pleasants, of Washington, Fairfield. And so I think that, you know, that five and four record could be sneaky. Well, uh, Burlington's, the Fairfield, the Burlington's, the Washington's, the Mount Pleasant's, they got to watch out. They don't get snake bit by one of these uh, Keokuks, Fort Madison's, and Fairfield's always looming out there with the big ones. Well, that is uh, the wraparound as far as I've got uh, information on. Uh, is there any other games or anything that you want to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? I'm curious if you have covered anything on uh, Wilton. Oh, yeah, the Wilton Beavers. Well, we uh, – uh, Ryan Timmerman keeps us up on that, and I've had the coach on a couple times. But, uh, I did hear something about him getting a nice win here the other day. But, uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm interested in hearing how uh, – is it Caden Kirkman is doing? That's a pretty big-time athlete there. That's the Kirkman of Steel. Yes, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was averaging 30 points a game there. Uh, not too long ago, they, they lost to Pella Christian, but then I think they got a big bounce back win. But uh, I will, uh, I will next time I talk to Ryan Timmerman, I will get a Wilton Beavers report and uh, uh, we'll catch you up on that team because they're really one of the, the stellar teams to, to watch. Uh, yeah, okay, so uh, and Wellman uh, Mid Prairie got a win at the uh, uh, Extreme Arena against uh, Regina. So uh, that was a good win. I, I reached out to their coach to see if he could call in and talk to me uh, about the experience of playing there. That, that would be a, a cool experience, I'm thinking. Yeah, that would be fun. Well, everybody, thanks for listening to the wrap-up show. It's a real popular show, and uh, we hope it helps you get ready for some of the area games. We didn't get a chance to cover your teams. Uh, uh, I'll be talking uh, about the western side with Jacob Lenzendorf in a week or so, and I will uh, uh, get with Ryan Timmerman with the Muscatine Report, and uh, we're doing a little better job on some of the, the Meepo scores and stuff like that again. So thanks, everybody, for listening. This is uh, – uh, I want to thank uh, especially Pilot Grove Savings Bank of Mount Pleasant for becoming a new sponsor. 
always uh, uh, the, the Packwood Locker and uh, a Davis Salons and Physical Therapy Services of Kelowna, uh, all the sponsors, Eichelberger Farms, you know, uh, without you guys, I wouldn't be able to get to any of these games. And uh, uh, we really appreciate you. And thanks for supporting high school sports. And thank you for being with us, Mr. Voice of the Kyoto Eagles. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.